The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. We're back. How do I do this? It's been a while. Ah! <laughs> Which right, topic do I do first? I'm, I'm here with Mike. Do you have uh, Do you have the drop where the guy goes, bing bong? <laughs> um, that may be added later. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, Joe, why don't you lead us into our first segment? Yes. Stock up, stock down. Um, so Stock up, stock down. We are rusty, man. We are rusty. We are all out of sorts. Yeah. It's good to two be back, Joel. Two weeks of Saturday Night Dynamite, and we devolve into blithering morons. <laughs> um, but we're going to start off tonight by talking about some things uh, that happened on this week's Dynamite, and also talking about some of the stuff uh, generally that's been going on for the past couple of weeks during this kind of Saturday Night uh, Dynamite. We're taking a stand we are not recording when there's Saturday night dynamite as an act of protest <laughs> because it's not convenient. Um, it's, it's just hard, episode, man. It's never happened. It, it's hard. Cause a, like it just throws off for an entire week. And like the first one was literally, it was, these are the things I had going on that weekend. It was, uh, me and my girlfriend's one year anniversary. I had tickets to the Cowboys Patriots game. I was also sick. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, when the fuck were we going to record? So, yeah, maybe next year, Joel, when they have the super specials, you know, the TNT specials, we'll do that. And we won't won't really have to deal with this anymore because they're going to be on TBS going forward. So, but yes, we are sorry. We are back and we are here to talk wrestling. Yes. Uh, so we're going to start off by talking about a match in the TBS championship tournament. Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida from this week's episode of Dynamite. And I said, you know, before the show started, I thought this could have been a show stealing match. And boy, did it deliver. These two are just incredible together. Mike, you were there. I was. What was it like in the building for this match? It was. I think I think there's just a lot of respect here for Sheeta. Um, You know, I've I've been going to wrestling for years, Joel. And what's. Women's matches are usually the popcorn match. People go get their popcorn. And while po- some people left, it hasn't been like shows I've been to in the past where like a third of the arena goes, gets their popcorn. Um, and yeah, this this was, the, I think, the match of the night of the Dynamite taping. And the fans still love Sheeta. Like, it was really weird how her post-championship run that she wasn't really on Dynamite anymore. And we didn't really see her that much because... She's still she's still a presence. She still carries like, wow, this is, you know, she's she's a she's a superstar in, in the division. So there's some weight when she's on the show. And what I love about this is that they planned before they even announced the TBS tournament, they planned for this little story with Serena D because Serena beat her in her 50th, you know, attempt for a 50th win uh, before the tournament was even announced. So, like, it's just an example of like some good planning. Uh, the fact that we got this match again and Sheeta. It gave a, it gave a tournament match when tournament matches usually can kind of be a little, you know, hey, there's no story. It's just a transactional type thing. It gave this tournament match like an even more reason to care about it, um, which I loved. And God, Serena Deeb is so fucking good. <laughs> like, like she is a incredible, incredible heel. And 
the story obviously isn't done because since we got a post-match beatdown. So I'm excited to see when they're going to cross paths again. Yeah, I think often when we're talking about pro wrestling in general, we talk about, oh, I like in-ring work. Oh, I like storylines. But truly, pro wrestling is at its best when the two are woven together. And this was a great example of that because we had a story going into it. There was a story within the match and the match itself was really good. So it's checking off all the boxes. You do have the prestige of two of the top five workers in the division. And I think that goes a long way as well. Uh, But I I don't see myself getting tired of this match, you know, between these two. I think they could run it back several more times, give us a different match every time. And every time it would be fantastic. Uh, I looked at the bracket uh, and -hmm. really studied it for this TBS tournament and Every single match is going to be a banger. Like, yeah. And I can't, you know, I I remember last year when they did the women's tag team tournament and we were like, gee, they're really, really scraping together to find enough women to populate this tournament. And now it's like there are women who aren't in this tournament at all. And it's still stacked and there are more people we would like to see. So it just yeah. goes to show that there's been a big change in the women's division over the last year and the momentum continues to build. So I, I thought this was a great sign. Yeah. And if you look at the bracket too, like there's a lot, like if we're, if we're going to project for the second round here, you know, Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose have had plenty of history together and they're facing off in the second round. The Bunny versus Red Velvet in the first round with the winner going to face Jade Cargill. Give me the Vel- Red Velvet-Jade Cargill rematch because they have so much history together. And if you look even at the, the top of the bracket, you have Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter. If Hayter wins that, you have the the beef that Thunder Rosa has with um, Britt Baker and her cronies too. So like there's, there's stories built in here throughout this tournament. And you don't usually, you don't usually see that. And this is just a really awesome awesome showcase for all these women and they're getting matches on rampage. They're getting matches on dynamite. So like nothing, no, nothing on YouTube as much as you know, the YouTube shows can are helpful, but these matches deserve to be on TV. And I'm having a really hard time of figuring out who I want to be this initial champion, Joel. It's like everyone in this fucking tournament. I would love to see with the belt to start. Like, well, they've all played a big role in this division, uh, with the exception of like a Jamie Hayter, right? Like she's one who just hasn't been around enough uh, because of COVID and her being based in the UK. Uh, but everyone else, like they've had a big part in the division and are, <clears throat> you know, of a caliber where you could see them. Even someone like Ali, who hasn't, you know, won a ton of matches in AEW. She was a former champion in Impact and, you know, being a former Knockouts champion is a big deal. Uh, she's someone with a lot of experience and a lot of talent. And so, you know, I wouldn't bat an eye at someone like her winning the championship. So that it's really cool to see the way that this division has developed. And like you pointed out, like we're seeing a lot of the seeds that have been planted in this division over the last couple of months come to fruition in this tournament. And it's enriching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to throw out there, that in the very first match of the TBS tournament, the runtime was about eight minutes. The entirety of the Queen of the Ring tournament in the other wrestling company 
totaled seven minutes and 30 seconds of in-ring time. Wait, 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 wait. Like the like every match of the tournament? Yes, they added up to seven minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, man. And, dude, uh, Deep's uh, Sheeta last night was 11 minutes. That was an 11-minute yeah. match. Um, and you, you can only imagine as we go further and further along, like Chris Statland of Ruby Soho in round two. Like that can easily go 10 plus minutes. Nyla Rosa Karashita can easily go 10 plus minutes. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been wanting some change here in the women's division. We've been, you know, advocating them to have more time. And while we still are only getting maybe one match and one segment, at least we're getting, you know, <laughs> more than seven minutes total, you know, for this entire tournament. So that's an, that's one of those like sports science facts you would hear on like ESPN and not believe like they're just making yeah. shit up at this point. Well, it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that didn't count like the final, like the the actual like final mm-hmm. match. But all of the prelims, I think, added up to seven minutes and thirty seconds. I mean, they were they were having like ninety second matches, one minute long matches, yes. and it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's sad. But hey. We got some really good stuff here going on. Yeah, enough well, bitching about a product I don't watch. Let's talk about a product <laughs> well, I well, do well, well, watch. I, I got one last thing for you. Who, what, who's remaining? Who do you want to see in the finals? Like, if you had to pick. Oh, man. Um, I'll go first to give you a little time. I want Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho in the finals at full gear. I think it's at full gear, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the case. Give them 20 minutes. Just let them fucking go. Because you know, so, that match would be amazing. I don't have the bracket in front of me, uh, so I don't know if this is even possible. But I'd really like to see. Uh, so I guess I, I, I guess I can do this by elimination. I would like to see Jade Cargill against one of the two women you just mentioned, because I okay, think it would be so, an opportunity for her to have a longer match mm-hmm. and um, to continue to grow and develop. Yeah, she needs high profile ring time with people who and, and I don't mean this to like as a term to denigrate them, but someone who's a really good hand. Uh yeah. in addition to being a star, right? You can be a great hand and also be a star. Shawn Michaels was a great hand in addition to being a superstar. Yeah. So, but someone who can really guide that match and help bring Jade Cargill along because like she's can do things that no one else can do, but she mm-hmm. needs that experience with other super talented wrestlers who can bring her along on the technique side of things. Yeah. And if you look at the bracket, she could face Thunder Rose in the semifinal and then face a Ruby Soho in the finals. So that's yep. the way. And I work. think that'd be great. Yep. All right, Joel, I think it's time to move on. Um, we had some fun with some promos tonight and, and kind of a story that we've kind of been up and down on with the Malachi black Cody Rhodes and now Andrade El Idolo. Uh, so, Joe, why don't you get us started with uh, Alistair's Black promo that you love so much? Who now? Fuck. Malachi Black. I, <laughs> disclosure. I went to wrestling with my old roommate last night who watched NXT and WWE when it was Alistair Black. So she kept calling him Alistair Black all night. So I think that's why my stupid brain is thinking Alistair Black, not Malachi Black. So, Malachi well, we got, some, we got some really good stuff. And I, a lot of people were upset on the internet surprise surprise when cody rhodes won a match 
Um, and you know, <laughs> that's an evergreen statement. If I ever heard one, Joel, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, I wasn't thrilled with it either. Uh, but at this point, uh, Tony Khan has so much cachet with me that I don't really get mad about who wins and loses anymore because I have mm-hmm. faith that what is going to come next is going to make it worthwhile. You know, there's the whole wait and see crowd in the IWC anytime something happens that people don't like. And that's usually a cop out because usually we wait and see that it was exactly what we thought it was. But in Mm -hmm. AEW, it doesn't seem to go that direction. And this was a great example. Malachi Black came back with this incredible promo where he talked about like, what? You beat me. So what? You thought this was about (laughs) winning and losing? And then he went down the list of all of the things that he accomplished uh, by interfering with Cody Rhodes and ended it by saying, if you thought this was about pinfalls, like you've got another thing coming, the house always wins. Yep. And I just thought that was oh. such a great line. Cause you know, the whole house of black thing yep. and uh, he's just so cool. And it was an excellent promo. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. And yeah, it, sometimes wrestling can be about more than wins and W uh, wins and losses, wins and W's. God damn it. Wins and losses. <laughs> <laughs> like the story being told the motivations behind it. Like Malachi black didn't go into this to get some pinfalls. He went to basically destroy Cody's life. And despite Cody getting the win last week, like, look, <laughs> Cody's not the favorite anymore. And Joel, we are probably two of the biggest fans of Cody in the world. Like we love Cody Rhodes, but even we have been like, man, this has been stale. It this needs something more here. We're getting a little tired of him here. Um, so despite the loss, Malachi has still won. Like he he set out and accomplished his goal. And yeah, this isn't over. And to go into another fantastic promo, I really enjoyed Cody Rhodes' promo tonight. Um, it kind of touched like it got to that like kind of emotional level that we've seen from Cody without being like, okay, that was corny, or that was like when he was talking about his daughter months ago with a go-go like my daughter is like a mixed baby like it was weird like it didn't it didn't fit but him talking about how uh you know how he's sorry to everyone that he's been like not as there and how he has a daughter he doesn't deserve his wife is too hot how they now boo him like i really really enjoyed that and i love the lines like yeah you know tony writes the checks you all love him but remember who who made the bank yeah i love that line yeah yeah because we, you know, there was this, this has been this weird shift, Joel, from when we first, um, for AEW first started, where we were kind of like, yes, the EVPs did this. The EVPs made AEW a thing. And now it's kind of like Tony, 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 Tony. But Cody was so important for AEW even getting to this point. Well, Cody's run in Ring of Honor before AEW was ever a thing. His whole barnstorming tour where he was doing bar wrestling and he was doing every independent out there and just showing up unannounced, like not even being promoted on the posters for things and winning over wrestling fans around the country was so important to building that cachet for AEW getting started uh, it wouldn't have been enough to be like, okay, we have the Young Bucks, we have Kenny Omega. Uh, we're basically trying to create a New Japan style promotion <clears throat> in the US, which is, I think, what the impression would have been had it been that, had Cody not been a major part of it. 
Cody being involved, his legacy, his dad's legacy, those things and the tie to WCW. I mean, early on, we had like Diamond Dallas Page coming out yep. and being a part of things. And Eric Bischoff, yeah. His involvement is tremendously important to AEW becoming what it is today. And I thought this promo did a really good job of being honest about some things mm -hmm. and really blending the true feelings of Cody Rhodes with the pro wrestling storyline elements. Uh, I loved him basically being like, look, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I could turn heel and you would love me again, yeah. but I'm not going to do that. And that's so meta and it's so yeah. good. Uh, and like, I'm not going to cheer Cody Rhodes. I'm still going to be booing him for the time being, but like, this was great. And it's going to be a respectful boo and not a, yeah. you know, get off my screen, go yeah. away kind of heat. Yeah. And it's funny that the line about, you know, don't forget who built this bank. Joel, he, what, what, what do heels do again? Heels tell the truth. And he told the truth. There is a way that he could have built this promo that just comes off like a pure heel fire, you know, story. He says, AEW would be nothing without me. All of you guys, you know, don't take me like you don't respect me. You don't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like he very easily could have cut the exact same, get, gotten the exact same message across, but in a heel fashion. But he didn't do it that way. And that's what I thought this was really just really good and really creative and really um, clever. Because he basically did a heel promo without crossing the line, um, so yeah, I I love this. I, I really, I may, maybe we're getting a bit more Cody going forward. Maybe we're going to see him a little bit more consistently because um, it kind of seems like, hey, I'm I'm sorry I was gone. I'm going to be here. I'm going to focus on this. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy this. And and Joel, then we got, I think the best part of this whole segment, Andrade. Coming out, cutting a promo, saying what we've all wanted to say. Cody's tattoo is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And the also like the, you know, I, I know what you're talking about, Cody. Sometimes the fans love me. Sometimes the fans boo me. The difference between you and me is I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah, like you, like he doesn't give a shit about it. And like, that's, it's just part of their characters. And I, I kind of like this um, Malachi black on your Friday Alliance that seems to be forming, um, you know, just kind of X WWE guys coming in, doing some fun shit. Um, but also just, man, I really wish <laughs> the other wrestling company let Andrade talk more. Like he's good, well, man. It's clear that what he needed was some reps, right? Yeah. He needed some practice and early on it was a little bit rough. Yeah. And um, but now, I mean, he's out there cutting a promo in English in front of a live audience. No subtitles for the viewers at yep. home. <laughs> and, you know, I was so annoyed by that. I hate yeah. the subtitles. Yeah, it was. Weird. Um, but this was great. And it's clear that he is working really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that he would have worked equally as hard had WWE given him the opportunity chance. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing about this before we move on here, Joel, I, it's just kind of like we talk about how AEW is really good at evolving stories and like they don't necessarily end. They just change a little bit like when this this whole Cody Malachi Black feud now has 
another life to it with the inclusion of Andrade. Um, you know, we saw uh, Dustin put up a really good fight against Brian Danielson last week. You could very easily have Dustin and Cody, you know, face off against Malachi Black and Andrade at full gear. Get get these stars on the card, you know, um, or any member of the the Nightmare family. So like, it, it's interesting still. Like, it got a little boring, you know, and, and then it ended at the third match where not every everyone was happy with Cody winning. But I feel like we're gonna have a little more life with this, and we'll have some fun with it. And yeah, I do want Cody to turn heel, but if he can kind of toe the line like he did tonight, I'm cool with it. It can work. I mean, he's kind of being a meta heel now. Yeah. Right. Where he's acknowledging that the audience is against him, but he's also not going to embrace the actions of a heel. And I think that's a really interesting middle ground and something that takes really really good psychology to pull off and i think he's capable of that so yeah yeah i I like who who's the wrestler you think of the most when like they just got shoved down our throats like like roman reigns roman reigns like and yeah he eventually committed and turned heel but i don't think reigns or even cena could do what i think cody's about to attempt like you said kind of handle this role and handle the psychology behind it to the point where he's not really a heel, but he is like, I don't like it. It's a weird, it's a weird uh, line to toe, but I think if anyone can do it, it's, it's Cody. So I'm excited I to mean, see where it goes. I think both John Cena and Roman Reigns are capable. Of Maybe doing they're it. capable. I don't think they're an environment that would have allowed them to. Right. That I mean, that's sense. the thing, right? I mean, absolutely. John Cena could have, embraced that kind of character and been like breaking the fourth wall. I mean, he did that anyway, but it was all within this sanitized environment. It doesn't feel ironically raw when a John (laughs) Cena or a Roman Reigns does it, Uh, but it does when Cody does, because you feel like he's out there on a live mic getting to say whatever he wants. And has a freedom that you know people in the other wrestling company don't yeah all right joel why don't we move on and we're actually gonna go outside of AEW here uh and if you guys haven't heard ring of honor it's taking a break taking a hiatus uh what <laughs> they want to reconceptualize man that is some nice business scroll jargon right there reconceptualize the organization um moving forward. But what that entails is apparently all ring of honor talent is available. And a couple things, Joel, we were talking pre-show. There's no AEW without ring of honor. <laughs> like, like, and we're going to pour some out for ring of honor here, Joel, because that's kind of what you got me into ring of honor. And that was kind of my first foray into what we would call independent wrestling was yeah. ring of honor. We saw the shows up here in Lowell, I think twice, right? You came up twice. Yeah, for a couple shows? of times. Yeah. Um, God, that's the first time I saw the Young Bucks. The first time I saw Hangman Page, Frankie Kazarian, our boy Dalton Castle. Like, we were there when Cody did his, you know, double turn with uh, Christopher Daniels. So, um, there's, yeah, there's the such Nike a legacy. Yeah, the won the Ring of yeah. Honor Heavyweight Championship. I mean, that yep. now in, in the history of pro wrestling writ large, that feels like a really big moment. Huge moment. Huge moment. And um, um yeah. But yeah, this is, it's kind of a crazy 
situation and feels like it just came completely out of the blue. Uh, Ring of Honor had taken a very interesting approach to dealing with the pandemic that they were mm-hmm. doing these bubbles where talent would come in, get tested, and then they would be there for a period of however many days to tape programming and then everybody would leave and you know they would come back when it was time to tape again they didn't do any audiences at all even for their pay-per-views uh so they haven't run shows in front of a live audience in quite a while mm-hmm. um so it's really interesting um by all accounts and reporting they've taken amazing care of their talent yep. during this time and they're going to take care of their 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 talent too, and you know they're going to pay them through the end of the year. Yeah, if their contracts went beyond December thirty first. They're going to be paid through I think March of yeah, next the end of year. March. Mm-hmm. And they're also allowing them out of their contracts immediately. So if any of these wrestlers want to work with another promotion, they've been told to just contact uh, someone at Ring of Honor, and they're they'll get the paperwork started. So um, if a company is going to fold, which they technically aren't but if a company is going to have this kind of massive you know change you know it's i'm glad they're treating their talent right and god man there's a lot a lot of talented people now suddenly available like crap (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens coming out of this but i'm also interested to see like does Ring of Honor actually come back in April of 2022 like they're talking about? Yeah. Because it, it's possible uh, from a business perspective, the parent company of Ring of Honor is um, under the umbrella of Sinclair Broadcasting, <laughs> which is a massive, massive, like billion dollar apparatus. And they own like tons of local stations around the country. Uh, They have ties to some dark money. It's kind of screwy, honestly, (laughs) very sordid details. And it's so weird that they just happen to own Own a wrestling company, a wrestling company. (laughs) Um, But the point of that is that there are buku bucks uh, available in that company. So they can afford to bleed money in order to, you know, pay for for Ring of Honor. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does actually come back and if it just comes back in a different style. You know, we've seen NWA achieve success under (laughs) Billy Corgan with this studio wrestling, bringing back a more classic feel. And I, I think if what they're doing is taking some time to figure out, okay, what we were doing before is now being done and being done kind of better elsewhere we need to figure out what our lane is in professional wrestling and what we want to do. What would be amazing is if they just went full on kooky and went <laughs> like Lucha Underground Ugh. season two and beyond, like fully embracing <laughs> like supernatural bullshit in wrestling. I would just, I would love the crap out of that. That might actually be enough to get me back into watching Ring of Honor on a regular basis. But it'll be really interesting to see. And then from the talent perspective, like you said, there are so, so many names. And of course, everybody immediately starts talking about who's going to go to AEW Mm -hmm. from there. Um, But I think a lot of people could end up going to Impact. I think Impact might be a better home for a lot of these talents. And uh, I'm interested, Mike, who would you most like to see? In AEW, since oh, AEW man. is the product that we talk about, that we watch, who do you want to see? Can we can we just 
start off by saying neither of us can pick Jonathan Gresham because that's the answer. Okay, that's fair. That's the answer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, there's so many. I think Jay Lethal would be incredible. Um, I I personally love like Roosh and Bandito and Dragon Lee. Um, I think all three of them would be would be great fits. Um, and also I, I know a little bit about her, but I've heard really good things about Roxy in the, the women's division there. Yeah. Um, the, the current ring of honor of women's world champion. So, um, man, there's so many, man, I, maybe the Briscoes like FTR tweeted about the Briscoes the other night and they're like the ring of honor lifers. (laughs) Like, it's just going to be fun to maybe see them in other major promotions. Cause I think we're both pretty big fans of the Briscoes, right? Like the matches they've had with the Young Bucks are some of the best tag matches I've ever seen. You want to see vicious violence and cruelty? Go back and watch (laughs) the Briscoes against each other (laughs) in like the first couple years of Ring of Honor on television. And it is like hard to watch at times (laughs) as Jay just beats the piss out of his little brother and uh you know just torments him but yeah the briscoes would be cool um if i if we're stipulating that i'm not allowed to <laughs> pick jonathan gresham. pick jonathan gresham who like he's he's the answer right like there is no one on top of their game uh right now in the way that jonathan gresham is uh, just absolutely incredible um i'm going to dig a little deep here and say uh trisha dora uh she's absolutely incredible amazing technical wrestler and i think she would fit in really really well in the women's division and um bring a different style uh so that's who i would want to see partially just because i want to see more from her i've seen Mm -hmm. a lot from a lot of the other talents i don't think AEW needs a brody king um, I just don't. I uh, can can I get can I get Silas Young, like, <laughs> please? <laughs> grumpy fuck. Oh, Silas Young rules, Joel. No, I, I love Silas Young. I love Silas Young, but you know, like have him come manage someone. Like just have this gruff old man just come and like manage like the best men or something. <laughs> like, like give me something like that. Um, yeah, so I, I remember when we went to Ring of Honor in Lowell and after his match, he was out signing autographs on the concourse and he was just wearing like plaid shorts and a T-shirt. And that was the <laughs> moment I realized that I'm like three inches taller than he is. Yep. 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 But like, I'm I'm just looking at the, like, the roster here, man. Like there's so many good talent. Dan Housen, our boy Dalton Castle. Kenny King is is in Ring of Honor oh, right now. Kenny King. Yeah. Um Matt Taven, like um Matt uh what was Madison Square Taven. I have that t-shirt from the Supercar That's a great show. shirt. Yeah, I love that shirt. He <laughs> was on a hell of a run with the Kingdom yep. for a while. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I I think there's a lot of people here that like you said could could really help AEW, could really help Impact. And, uh, you know, um, I'm pretty sure Jonathan Gresham, uh, he's married to, um, or dating, uh, Jordan Grace. Was it? Yes. Jordan Grace. And she's an impact. So correct. Wouldn't be surprised if, if he wound up there, but she's um, the newly minted impact digital digital media champion. 
Yeah, she posted a uh, a rather risque photo, like the old Shawn Michaels one with the belts covering his naked body. Um, I saw that this morning. I'm like, I see what you're doing there. Um, <laughs> she, she actually like I really like how she promotes her like her stuff. Like she has a really cool Patreon that has some really good rewards, and she has a really active Twitter. Um, per, you know, uh, she's an absolute know. star. Like, yeah, she's amazing. And <laughs> can we get her in AW? I know she's I, not with Ring of Honor. I think <laughs> something that I really admire about her is the the blend of knowing exactly how good she is. Yeah, and not backing down from that, while also somehow managing to be humble. And mm-hmm. like, it's really really cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. I've seen her wrestle a few times. Uh, not nearly as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's one of the things that like I see clips of her matches and I'm like, man, I should really watch Impact. Yeah. But and she's only 25. Like, yeah, she's so young and she's married to Jonathan Gresham. There we go. They're married. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So but yeah, Ring of Honor, really shocking news. Hopefully we'll see some of these these uh, wrestlers pop up in different promotions here. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll check out Final Battle. In December, because it might actually be the final battle. I kind of think it's a must. Like, I think yeah. you have to. Yeah. And also, I, I, I really s- hope, I really hope that pro wrestling is cool about it. Right. Like, tell me if any go. of the former Ring of Honor people want to go and be part of final battle, yeah. let them go. Right. Yeah. Same thing for NWA. It would be super rad if WWE would do it. They won't. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) like, seriously, like it it would be cool to kind of recreate some of the iconic matches from Ring of Honor's history Mm -hmm. and just have a blend of like, here are some of our new stars. Here are some of the people that made Ring of Honor possible. It'd be awesome to get Nigel McGuinness on the call. Oh, oh, baby. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. You're getting my hopes up because it probably won't be anything like that. Um, Oh, by the way, one last thing about Ring of Honor. (laughs) I saw a tweet yesterday. He's like, yeah, the... You bet the you know the guy who uh, asked Meltzer if um, Ring of Honor could ever sell out a stadium show uh, feels like shit because he that led to AEW and that might have essentially ended Ring of Honor. So um, I thought that was an interesting chain of events thing. So Joel, why don't we move on to our lightning round since we kind of went long here on our stock? <laughs> yeah, up stock true map. lightning round. Five words or less. <laughs> when is it ever a true lightning round? Lightning round. All right, Joel, as a Boston resident, I have no complaints with anything MJF said last night. No, no, you're not a Boston native, though. I'm not a Boston native, but I do live here. But yeah, the fucking Boston accent sucks. (laughs) Like, like him mocking and saying hada hada. Like, yeah, that's it's not a sexy accent. And um, my friends who who've seen it with me last night, who this was their first AEW show, all came away loving MJF because they thought his promos were great and he made everyone laugh. Yeah, I, I thought he was good. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and uh, I, I love Darby in his Rorschach costume, <laughs> which he was in a Rorschach costume for everyone saying it was Inspector Gadget or it I thought was... it was the Invisible Man at first. No, he's definitely Rorschach. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, you couldn't tell from where we were sitting because the Reno Rat doesn't have very good like jumbotrons. So I only saw that when I rewatched it earlier. <laughs> so I I was getting ready to like comment on like, oh, that's really sweet Rorschach costume in the crowd. And then that was like the moment that he pulled <laughs> off his hat and was like, oh, God, it's Darby. OK, cool. Yeah. One spot I want to see in AEW at some point is Sting taking off a fake Sting mask to reveal he is also Sting. <laughs> under the mask that's like my favorite like clip from the old tna days um yeah yeah it's but, classic yeah. all right joel what do you got for me um a match that we're just not gonna give justice to which was ethan page and sammy guevara who Ugh. beat the living hell out of each other absolutely love this match if you didn't see it go watch it uh it, this is the only thing that came close to Sheeta and serena d on this episode absolutely fantastic uh, and um i want to see these two wrestle a million times they're so good yeah uh, and what was also great about this uh for me personally is god you really can tell how big ethan page is when you see him in person this is the first time because I, I when i went to the author ash show i didn't stay for rampage which is what he was on um so seeing him in person like he's a big dude like he's he has like he would pass the Randy Orton test, I think, because he's he's impressive. So, yeah, that was super fun. Um, Joel, I'm going to go to the main event here. Uh, <laughs> one, Ghostbusters are awesome. So thank you for that. The elite. I love how they just enjoy Halloween and we've gotten costumes from them. I think every Halloween week that they've been in AEW. So that was super cool. Um and two, as soon as the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man came out, I was like, that's Hangman Page. That's <laughs> Hangman Page, 100%. And I knew during the match when uh, John Silver was running around the ring and he didn't attack the Marshmallow Man, I'm like, 100%. 100% and that reveal with him taking off the mask is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, it's, it's iconic, so, right? I mean, it's, it's great. the best version of that, the absolute best version of that was Keith Lee just rising up in the corner. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and like still one of my favorite moments from from NXT ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have three things about this. One, um, Nakazawa, when he got laid out on the outside and just left his feet sticking straight up in the air, I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Um, uh, the Ghostbusters is overrated and Bill Murray sucks. Oh, um, go fuck yourself. No, go back and rewatch those movies. They're not very good. Um, First one is good. It's it's weighed down by having Bill Murray in it. Um, okay, get to point three. and then the third thing is that um we got blessed absolutely blessed with um colt cabana dressed up as brandon cutler he was so fucking funny (laughs) uh yeah that was great um and just also he looked really good in this match too by the way we we don't get a lot of colt cabana on dynamite um and yeah, he, he was yeah, really the last working. high profile match that he wrestled in prior to this was the Dark Order versus Dark Order tag team match ah, where yeah. he was teaming with Evil Uno. And um, he was really, really great in that match as well, um, especially from a storytelling perspective, because he was the one kind of trying to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really good stuff. Yeah. Also loved the Kratos look 
for yeah. um for Stu Grayson. Yeah. Um apparently uh Tommaso Ciampa did that recently too. So there was like a comparison on Twitter, like who did it better? Um, Leva Bates. <laughs> she did it better. Uh, yes. <laughs> Option C, Leva Bates. I, I feel like if we're talking about anything like that, the any costumes are always gonna be Leva Bates. Yes. Um all right. <laughs> One other thing about this too. Um I know that we have this long running Kenny Omega hangman page story, but it's also been this long running hangman page, Matt Jackson story. Like Matt was the one who like eviscerated him uh, when they first broke up. Matt was the one who threw the drink in his face and it was Matt who he did the reveal to when he took Mm -hmm. off the, the marshmallow head. I legit like if, if hangman wins the title, I legit want to see his like first like championship defense against Matt Jackson. That'd be great. Yeah. I would love that. Um, yeah, sorry, Joel. That one went a little longer than True Lightning Round. What do you got for me next? Uh, so two quick things. Um, there was a CM Punk match on this card, and somehow we're not going to talk about it, despite <laughs> the fact that he and Bobby Fish beat the hell out it of each awesome. other. It was awesome. It was fun. And we also witnessed a murder. <laughs> Ten got absolutely murked by Mox. Yeah. So the thing is, it, in the arena, because they don't have a really a big jumbotron, I had no fucking clue what happened. Did they? Was the blood like supposed to be from the biting spot? I think it was supposed to be from the uh, the the ring post. Okay, because uh, he got <laughs> thrown face first into the ring post, and uh, but yeah, this was just like Mox is embracing violence in a way that we haven't seen. And that is saying something. Uh, yeah. Like it'd be like, yeah, Sabu took his violence game up to another level. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, short, but sweet man. Uh, Mox is on a mission. I also like that. The, the subtle point of it is like, I just want to get home to my daughter. Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> like, um, yeah, man. Uh, did I lose you? You're frozen. No, I'm here. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I I think we're going to get, and this might have been spoiled from uh, someone at a Jaguars game seeing Tony Khan's notebook, but I think we're going to get John Moxley versus Brian Danielson at the, uh, at the pay-per-view. And um, da- Danielson's chest literally might explode in this match. Not so much from slaps, but because he's just it's going to be so freaking violent and stiff and I can't wait. It's, it's the cumulative effect, right? Like, yeah, he yeah. faced Suzuki. He's probably still not back to normal after that. You know, every match he goes out, he gets the hell beaten out of him. Um, uh, yeah. I mean this it's, if that's the match we end up getting like, holy shit, absolutely. Give me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I wanted to mention is the, uh, you should watch um, Rampage tomorrow, Joel, because I know things. <laughs> uh, so I likely will not be watching it tomorrow. Um, you should watch it over the weekend. Yeah, I I, I always do. That uh, that trick or treat match between Abaddon and Britt Baker. Also, God, Abaddon scares me, dude. Like legit scares me. It's horrifying. Oh no, I actually had legit one more thing to talk about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When MJF did the stunt where like they had Sting's music play and then he started laughing. Um, it can't, and then the lights go off again, and then Sean Spears like, "Yo, that's not me." That came off so funny in the arena, and when I rewatched it earlier, it 
it was so funny just seeing the black screen and then like, yo, that's not me. Like that was really mm-hmm. funny. Like they did a really good job with that. That was, it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Can't believe I didn't talk about this. Um, the, ongoing mjf wardlow drama has mm-hmm. risen to new heights and please for the love of god wardlow find your spine attack this man destroy <laughs> this man yeah well his spine has a bunch of thumbtacks in it from this week so. well that's a fair point yeah it, he'll get his spine back a little bit but yeah that's it's just that's, that's gonna be great because it, when it explodes it's gonna be awesome and wardlow is gonna be a star I wish I bought stock in him at low, low prices like you. I, I knew. I knew from the first time <laughs> we saw him wrestle against Cody. Yep. This guy. Yep. He's the real He's deal. It. He's got it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we won't be having any more little breaks like this unless they surprise us with more Saturday Night Dynamites. But uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. Twitter at OWS underscore pod, Joel at the other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. Get the podcast at TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get it. We're there. Give us a follow, subscribe. Uh, you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. And uh, Joel, anything uh, anything else to say before I not go back to work since it's 4.30? Join the dark order. Join the dark order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.